I remember your honeymoon very well. You and she on a little sailboat. The true love, wasn't it? That's right. How did you know? I was the only photographer whose camera you didn't smash. You were terribly nice about it. You threw it in the ocean. Oh, one of those, huh? Yes, I had a strange idea our honeymoon was our own business. Incidentally, he paid for all the cameras. I got a nice little letter of apology, too. Always the gentleman, huh? Except on occasion. Texan Caicos Aggressor during one of the Jim Church School of Underwater Photography classes and we have a special guest on this podcast. His name is Christopher Guillermo and Christopher you are the second captain and photo pro correct? That's right Mike. Yep. Well, welcome aboard and we have some questions for you that maybe uh, some of the answers that you share with our listeners will help them in their underwater photography. So far this week we've had uh, we've had a great class and a, and a great week in, in no small part due to your assistance and, and help and, and support. Um, and some of the things that we've talked about during the week we think would be interesting to the folks who are listening. And one of the questions that I have for you is maybe to, to help the people understand who you are, um, maybe you can describe what your daily role is here on the Turks and Caicos Aggressor and how if other folks who are listening were on the boat with you on a weekly basis, what they could expect from you with regard to their underwater photography? Well, sure, um, absolutely. One of the main facets of being the photo pro on board is definitely helping the people that come on either learn their camera systems or teach them the basic techniques about underwater photography. Anywhere from, you know, some people come on board and they don't know how to install the memory card on their camera. Some people come on board and they've been shooting underwater for five years, but they've never been able to master the concept of how to make that sunball appear in contrast to the dark blue waters. So I'll definitely be helping people along the way, either whether it's uh, setting up the cameras or just critiquing their shots on a daily basis. Now, um, some people want a little bit more than that. Some people go through, obviously, a whole workshop, but the other people just choose to uh, capture a few tips here and there. I think one of the biggest advantages I have for these people is um, milk my brain a little bit for the knowledge of the local fish. Sometimes I've got a resident pet grouper that will just hang out with me, and I know exactly where to find them. Use the knowledge of the local people like myself to help you find that perfect photo subject and what you've been looking for. That's an, that's an excellent point. You know, we're, we're here in, in, in virtually your backyard, and, and who, would know, who would know your backyard better than you, right? <laughs> that's right. You know, there's um, um, maybe some tips that you can, uh, can give us in terms of what the folks can bring with them uh, to maybe save uh, a dive or save a photo trip if they have a problem with their photo gear. What type of, what type of backup tools or, or backup equipment do you think they should have? Well, first off on that, I think it makes sense to have a spare set of O-rings to go with that camera kit. Now, that can usually be ordered from uh, your camera dealer, but more important than that, I think, is the tools necessary to 
build and rebuild and set up and tear down that camera equipment. Um, if you have a, a, a nut on that camera equipment that needs a 13 millimeter wrench, well, you need to bring that 13 millimeter wrench with you. Um, we have metric and imperial and, and round and square and all sorts of different little things that we need. Uh, it really makes sense to bring things like a little set of jeweler's screwdrivers, the proper wrenches, nuts and bolts, and uh, definitely a few spare parts like that. Also, what I would recommend is if you have a camera that has a sync cord that goes to the strobe, bring a spare sync cord with you. Just makes sense. In addition to a couple extra sets of batteries and cards, just because uh, should the worst case happen and you get a little bit of water in somewhere, those batteries are going to be the first thing you're going to need to replace. Maybe we can save the camera, maybe we can save the strobe, but uh, the batteries are sure shot, that's for sure. So extras of those are a very smart move. With um, regard to our podcasts, everything tends to be leaning towards digital photography. And uh, as we've seen this week and as we see on all of our weeks, our students are moving more and more and more away from film and towards digital photography. What is it that the Turks and Caicos Aggressor has to offer the photographer who comes on board to support them with digital photography? That's a good one. It's kind of one near and dear to my heart, too, because I started shooting digital probably back around 1993 and uh, with some real high-tech equipment back then that now we laugh at. And, <laughs> yeah, um, bet, yeah. But with film, I've seen this transition happen. We used to develop 50, 80, 100 rolls of film a week here on this boat. Now I'm lucky if I see one roll of film a month, and that's about it. With digital, what we've tried to do is we've put a computer on board that has a multi-card reader, a CD burner, it's got Photoshop CS, ACDC, and uh, we have staff on board like myself and some of the others as well that understand both PCs and Macs. Um, see more and more Macs coming on board nowadays instead of the PCs. So um, it works with both systems. Now, definitely bring your laptop. I think that's a great idea, but if you can't bring your laptop, we've definitely got a computer here for you. Um, but yeah, the transition to digital has been taking place Obviously, I think everyone's seen this one, but um, one of the things that I think goes hand in hand with that is the advent of digital and the popularity of it has brought so many more photographers to the dive boats. Whereas before we used to have maybe 20-30% film photographers back in the day, now it's about 60-80% of all of our divers here on the boat have some kind of camera. And I think it's really cool how digital has opened up a whole new realm for all these people and changed all their diving. It's really great. That's a terrific observation, and we've seen that same thing too in our in our classes, where uh, there used to be maybe a 70% film to a 30% digital ratio. In in the past year, that's that's flipped entirely from uh, from that to 70% digital to 30% film, and and this uh, this particular year, we expect that 90% of our students are going to be shooting digital, and that's that's terrific to see it move into that uh, to that realm. Um, is there anything else that you might want to to bring up in terms of um, uh, subject matter that, that the Turks and Caicos has to offer for any type of photographer, be they digital or, or still? Well, yeah, absolutely. Now, before I grab that one, I just want to say one more thing about film. Sure. Film absolutely still rocks. Let's face it, for capturing subjects like the open water blue, let's say we do two months of the year out in the Silver Banks of Dominican Republic shooting whales. Those guys who are still bringing the Nikonis 5 with the 15 millimeter lens are still producing the best quality shots out there. Velvia, Provia, those films will produce the most excellent sunballs and blues and sharks up in the open water with blue background. 
film still rocks. But uh, the, sorry, but your, that, no, your that's, next question that's, was that's, that's terrific, and 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 you actually touched on something that we want to talk about, and that is the specific subjects that the Turks and Caicos aggressor can offer photographers, whether they're shooting film or digital, and mm -hmm. and you and you touched on it right there with with the whales, and and maybe you could talk a little bit about those trips. Yeah, the whales. We run uh, the whale charters between February and March every year. We usually run about eight or nine weeks every year out there. Now we leave out of Puerto Plata. And it's very important to bring both topside and underwater camera gear. For the topside stuff, you'll be in these chase boats, and hey, I'll tell you right now, this, <laughs> this kind of stinks, but it's the truth. We joke around on this boat, if you bring a camera topside on board our chase boats while you're going out for the whales, you need to write that piece of equipment off at the beginning of the week. If it survives the whole week, great, but uh, expect a little bit of splash. That's why I think the D200 is one of the best choices for out there because of its environmental ceiling. But whatever camera you use, a fast autofocus is really important. The lens length you want for topside is maybe the Nikon 80 to 200 is ideal. That's what we use here on board for the crew. Um, I'd recommend something no greater than 300 millimeters because after that it becomes too shaky. Now for underwater stuff, a housed SLR is great because it's fast, fast, fast. When you focus, we can give you some great tips on how to focus on what's essentially a completely blue background because you've got a white pectoral fin that you focus on instead of the eye. And also what you're looking for is um, a good fast focus underwater as well because the situation changes. As slow and graceful as the whales might be, you still have to be fast, fast, fast. Now a point and shoot digital for those not interested in getting too technical still works great. If you can get a wide angle converter for it, that's absolutely essential. Even those that don't have a wide angle converter, you can still get some great shots of maybe just their heads. Just understand ahead of time that you're not going to probably get the whole body in the shot at once. Now as far as our scuba diving charters, we've got all sorts of stuff. Turks and Caicos offers an incredible mix of big and small, so you've got wide angle and macro. Don't leave any equipment at home. For the underwater stuff, you've got incredible nudibranch opportunities. Um, you've got different types of decorator crabs all over the place. Lots and lots of juvenile small fish. I'm kind of a wide angle fan myself, so I concentrate on our sharks, our eagle rays. Um, we get the occasional bottlenose dolphin swimming through um, in pairs of three and four. We got lots of big friendly grouper and to me, one of my favorite types of photography is just the, the scenic landscapes. We've got one site called the G-Spot, which oh, is yeah, covered. We were, we were <laughs> on that uh, just the other day, weren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Tell us about that. That's great. Well, it was just so beautiful and conditions were so perfect that we chose to stay there for, I think, what, five or six dives? Yeah. Which is kind of yeah, rare yep, for us. Yep. And uh, the deep water gorgonians that grow there because of a deep water upwelling of nutrients creates the most incredible silhouette opportunities with like 12 foot elephant ear sponges, bright orange, growing up against the contrast of the perfect silhouette of uh, all these deep water gorgonians. Spectacular. There's a couple trumpet fish living right in there and snapper and all sorts of great stuff. So wide, wide, wide. Wide is a great stuff for most of our dive sites. And tomorrow we're going someplace that you mentioned had some pretty neat critters, the small stuff? Yeah, there's, um, there's a place called Elephant Ear Canyon, which is at the north end of West Caicos. There on a regular basis I can find lots of pipefish, pipe horses, which is kind of like a cross between a pipefish and a pipe horse, arrow shrimp, um, let's see, shieldhead slugs, different types of nudibranchs, all sorts of crazy stuff living in the sand. Unfortunately, it kind of takes a trained eye to see this stuff, so follow me and let me point these things out to you and uh, we'll get some great shots. Cool. Now one of the things that you folks at home wouldn't know unless you were here 
and, and got to see it is that Christopher is, is really an accomplished photographer himself. And what we're going to do is, is we're kind of going to sneak up on him here and kind of uh, impose on him to see if perhaps what he'll do is share a few of his pictures that we can take back with us and put up on the website to go along with this podcast so you guys can see some of the incredible underwater photographs that, that Christopher takes himself. But Christopher, I want to thank you for the time. I know being uh, a busy crew member on these weeks, getting the 10 minutes that we've had to spend here alone to talk a little bit like this is, has been pretty remarkable, and uh, we really want to thank you for it. Hey, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Christopher. We appreciate that. This is Mike Mezgleski. And Mike Haber. And we will see you on the next podcast. hate me, don't you, Connor? No. I don't like you very much, though. You hate me, I trust, Miss Embry. No, I, I can't afford to hate anybody. I'm only a photographer. <laughs>